Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Hey, what's up, guys? It's Mike Lynch. What's going on? This is Rashad. This is the Sports Sunday Podcast. Thanks so much for listening. It is now brought to you on the fan by your local Les Schwab Tire Centers. Doing the right thing since 1952. Weekend sports with a difference. So I thought it'd be fun if we all went around and said our name and a little something about ourselves. I'll start. A look at the weekend in sports with the inside story on the Blazers, the Ducks, and the Beavers. This is Sports Sunday with Mike Lynch. At least I have my own bed. Your bed is a car. Yeah, but it's a sweet car. And Rashad Taylor. Will you stop your damn sniveling, son? Buck up, Bart. Buck up! On ESPN Sports Radio 1080, The Fan. Hello to you on your Sunday morning. Thanks so much for listening. Mike and Rashad with you until 11 o'clock. This thing on? I think the music is just like blasting. There you go. It does sound super loud today. But hey, turn up. What you mean? No, I was going to say turn the snare turn, down in turn, my headphones. Hey, turn down for what? I had the headphone volume at one and it was still blasting. I was like, oh my God. <laughs> yeah, no, it's super loud. I had to turn my turn mine down too. But then again, you don't even have a knob loud. over there. You've got like this weird broken thing that you have to. Your, your grip has to be great in order yes. to turn it up or down. So, um, so yeah, for those who don't know, <laughs> our studio, it's old. It's really old. We've got some new things. We've got a window now, at least. We've, well, we do have a window, yes. We've got we've got this thing called Wide Orbit. That's a brand new screen. Well, not brand new. It's like two years old now. But, um, you know, it's a touch screen, although this one doesn't touch screen anymore because people would accidentally hit it and cause things to fire off. Isaac Rop. And um, so we've already lost that functionality. But it's nice and new. But in general, the things in our studio are quite old. <laughs> yeah, for the most part. there's. I mean, things are super dusty. Like this picture of, we have a, an autographed picture of Sexy Rex Grossman mm. here in the Sexy studio. Sexy Rexy, yeah. And uh, it's super dusty. Like no one cares about it. We're, we have a Carl Malone bobblehead. I think there's a Brian Russell bobblehead. Yep. Yeah. So. Yep, yep. It's it, a bunch. A, it's uh, a random collection of really old dusty things that no one would really want well but not all of it is old we've no. got the coach jeff wallace bobblehead that's the georgia golf coach who okay well yeah got rob the masters tickets essentially well yeah he does well i mean he deserves a bobblehead in the studio for on rock well that's just why it's on rock side because uh, no yeah. one else got him uh, we just, just found rock. this stein uh in the corner of that room, it must have been sitting there for years, and we were like, what's this box? And we opened it up, and it's a giant beer stein. Yeah, we, I saw that. Me and Jesse saw that the other day. I was like, man, where'd this come from? I think Joe. That's kind of cool, so that's new. I think Joe found the box in a corner and went, what is this? I think we have a. a and opened it. 
he's an idiot. He was an idiot. He was like the tomb in Egypt. Like, don't open that thing, man. We have a holy Quran <laughs> just here, you know? Yep. So, Did you know that it is the exclusive edition for Isaac Rop? I did not know that. Somebody sent that for him. I did not know that. There you go. So, you know, there's a, there's a, a big kind of like a... It's meant to inspire us now. It's a, it's a jambalaya of, you know, old things in in here. Yeah, there are monitors that aren't being used anymore. Our board that Jesse's behind right now is uh, quite ancient, although oh. we are supposed to be getting a new one very shortly, so yeah. that'll be that'll be nice. They've been saying that for like a year and a half. I was so. going to say, I've been hearing that for a while. Right, now, but they did, do that. they did say August was when they were going to do it, oh. so... Oh, good. Get don't to learn know, how to use a new piece of technology. Don't know if you if you know that, but it's August. So, I mean, we can hope. We can hope that it'll work out. We the weird thing it. about it is we could use it, yes. The weird thing about it is I think when they're installing it, we might have to do the shows from a different room. <laughs> uh, and uh, that might mean that the producer is sitting in the same room as the hosts for a bit. Because we might be we using the 910 studio. <laughs> Really? Yeah. That'll be fun. It'll be really That'll weird. It'll be really cramped. You know? It's going to be it weird. Should, it should be, yeah. I, I'm, you know, as much as that would be fun, I think as well, being the producer, maybe maybe you agree with me on this, Jesse. When I'm over there, I kind of like having my own space to kind of like get my stuff done and not have to worry about what they're talking about every single second because I got to upload a podcast or tweet or something like that. And so I'll be like typing. So imagine me in the same room like typing as they're talking they're going to be like stop typing yeah you do yeah. type super loud too like you have really heavy-handed you know i type quickly well i mean so that means that's be if loud. i if i poked and pecked like some people do then i could type quietly but well, that's inefficient yeah i've got these huge hands and it doesn't really work as well for me for whatever reason well you guys think that this studio is a little funky because it it's it's different than it was, I don't know, a couple months ago. All uh, all the levels on the board are, are different. You used to know exactly where to put all the pots for your guys' mics and everything. Um, it, I don't know anymore. Like, all everything is coming in really low on the levels, really low. I oh, yeah, like, that changes all the time. I don't know why. Um, the levels are always fluctuating. The log, the log, We have a thing called a logger, which basically is where we grab our audio from. Um and that's always changing, always changing the, the volume. So I, I don't know. Things are weird. Hopefully the new board makes it better. But uh, yeah, so as long the as reason I said Rashad doesn't have a dial on his own headphone jack, it's because for some reason it's been missing. And all that's left is this little metal prong that yeah, you have to turn. Turn really, really hard to do it. But, you know, I got muscles, so it's okay. It's you got musclies? Yes, indeed. <laughs> um, so this is Sports Sunday, and we are on until 11 o'clock this morning. And because it is the first show of August, we Uh-oh. will begin our NFL preview stuff. Let's go. Stuff. I don't know what better word to use than stuff. But generally what we've done, and we've kind of made it a little bit broader the last few years, which I've kind of enjoyed, is we try to tackle a division or two a week. And we've gone from doing super specific team-based stuff to just kind of doing storyline stuff. And I think I want to stick with that this year. So today, we will start with the AFC and the NFC East divisions. Uh, I have it set at 930 is when we're going to start. And we'll just go until we're done. Um, we'll talk storylines. We'll talk interesting tidbits from all those teams. Uh, but we're not going to go like hardcore Buffalo Bills preview. You know, I want to talk about Josh Allen and their quarterback situation. I don't necessarily want to dive into the Bills depth chart. So that's kind of just an idea of what we're going to be doing. Each week we'll try to do two divisions. Um, and 
this way that in four weeks when the season starts, we will be done and be able to uh, be fully previewed for you on the upcoming NFL season. The nice thing is that it kind of means it's real. <laughs> yeah. Like it's the, coming. the hall of fame game was this past week, which to me never feels like the legitimate start. Cause I'm like, ah, oh, it's an extra game and it's only one a week or one in the week. And it's like, oh, okay. But this week is the first week of the full preseason slate. And we are finally re-entering the 24-7 NFL news cycle. It goes away for a little bit in the middle of the summer. There's occasional things that pop up, but right now it's every day. There's new stories. There's negatives, always. There's interesting battles. There's questions about starting quarterbacks and all that kind of stuff. So it's uh, we're getting into the sweet spot of previewing the NFL. So that'll start today with uh, the AFC and the NFC East. Um, we also... I, Rashad wants to talk a little bit about the NFL Hall of Fame yesterday, which I want to get to. And also, I, I want to gauge your interest on this because I hadn't, didn't have a chance to, to talk about this with you. But Neil O'Shea audio again. Oh, jeez. We have new audio from his interview on the Blazers Facebook page with Brooke Olsendam. So you know it was the hard-hitting questions because it was on the Blazers on Facebook page. Um, it's just more... I think it needs to be played. And I, I, I am of the opinion that Blazer fans have finally figured out his thing, his shtick, his lies. His and monologue I, that his, he puts on every time. And I want and I want to just play some of the clips so that all of you guys out there can continue to say, I see through your BS. So we could do that, too, if, if you're interested. Yeah, I've got, I've got that ready for you. I'm always interested in what Neil O'Shea says. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Now I don't know if you're telling the truth or not. <laughs> How could I ever believe you? Um, so that'll be coming up as well on the show. But I do. I haven't been told about this officially, but I want to start this now. And as a, as kind of a, a preliminary thing. Okay. I assume the Dirt and Sprague fantasy football draft is st- is coming up in a couple of weeks. I've been being tweeted about it and stuff like that. So you have. I, I have received well a tweet. Maybe I should retract that and say someone has tweeted me and asked about that so okay well what i would like to do is even though i have not been told officially about this i know that we'll be involved again as we have been since it started um if you would like to be involved in either assuming it's two leagues again this year either me my or rashad's league please text us at the better you today text line at 55305 with your email address and your full name and we will add you to a list. And we've got, I'm trying to get out as far ahead of time on this because last year I left it for like the last week, which was dumb. And it was a panic to like get all both leagues filled. Um, you have to be able to draft on location. Yes. And it's Very going important. to be on a Wednesday as it always is. So keep that in mind. And also keep this in mind. You want to be on our fantasy teams or you want to be in our fantasy leagues, I'll say. Uh, I think last year, did you win, Lynch? Ooh, I don't remember. I'm going to go check. We have all won. We have all won all this three of us particular have won. league. We have all won our, 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 our individual league. So um, I believe I was first, you were second, and Rashad. Uh, I think Lynch like, and I both Lynch, won the same, yeah, the same it might year. Yeah, the same year. Yeah, so. So, so you definitely want to be on the football Sunday. Yeah, it was uh, the same year because that's when I was like, we should be championship Sunday because we that, all just absolutely, we're literally all we're champions. All, so, so we're all champions. So. If you're really about that action, boss, then you want to go ahead and be in the football Sunday, one of the football Sunday fantasy leagues. Just saying. How do I find out if I won if it's not activated again? Oh, I'm You activate it. Well, but 
I, I don't want to because I, I want to get new people in the league. Well, <laughs> well, then you then I won't can't. find out. Yeah, okay. but haven't you just reactivated the new league? Ah. The same league, like that's why it was Iliana's Revenge or whatever last year. Uh, Il Ala Ila. Well, oh, oh yeah, because Elliot's. Yeah, it's my Ezekiel Elliott screw up. Maybe I did. I don't know, but I might. I think I I finished in the playoffs last year. I can't remember if I won the league, but. If you'd like to be involved, please text the Better You Today text on to 55305. You have to be able to draft live at the event, um, which I believe is going to be Wednesday in like two weeks is my guess. So keep that in mind, maybe three weeks away. So uh, please text us your email address as well as your full name, or at least just first and last name, and we will add you to a list, and we will send an email out to you guys when we uh, have full leagues. So... Just wanted to throw that out there now, uh, and I will ask the boss man this week and double check and make sure that that is happening um, in a couple of weeks and all that. So well, just wanted to throw that out there. Could could we just do it ourselves then if the boss man says it's not happening this year? I mean, that'd yes, be interesting. absolutely. But then we wouldn't have to be on location. <laughs> no, we would not have to be on location, although it still could be fun. Indeed. Yeah. So we could still do it. I just This is for the Dirt and Sprague event, usually. I'm just throwing that out there. Um, and we'll have more information for you coming up in uh, following shows. But, uh, but yeah, so let us know on the Better You Today text line. And text us your thoughts on the show on the Better You Today text line as well. Coming up next, let's get into the Neil O'Shea audio. Let's hear it, man. Let's see through some BS again, okay? Let's, let's do it together. Let's hold hands and we'll do it together. Well, okay. We can definitely play it, though. Okay. <laughs> that was weird. <laughs> we'll be back, I guess, <laughs> on Sports Sunday on the Fan. Weekend sports with a difference. This is Sports Sunday with Mike and Rashad on 1080 The Fan. Text lines better you today. Text line 55305. We got our AFC and NFC East preview starting next segment. Uh, we also have a couple other things we got to get to in the show if we got time, including the Hall of Fame induction yesterday. And uh, Rashad just reminded me the um, Colin Kaepernick story of Madden bleeping out essentially the name Colin Kaepernick like it was a curse word. So, yeah. In a song that, that they picked for their, their own soundtrack. So, uh, we'll probably get to that at some point as well. But, Neil O'Shea audio. Neil O'Shea sat down with Brooke Dam on the Trailblazers Facebook page. Um, and the only thing that was not asked which is frustrating but understandable considering it was the Blazers' own interview, was about the trade exception that Neil O'Shea lauded as this amazing trade piece, that, that the Allen Crab trade exception was going to be used and going to be really helpful. Well, two weeks ago that expired because nobody wanted it, and the Blazers used it for nothing. So they, they didn't get to use that trade exception that was being sold as this really important thing. Now, what I always find funny about that is – if Neil O'Shea just didn't tell everybody that that was going to be such a great trade piece, no one would have looked at that and said, oh, oh well, we lost the Allen Crab trade exception. They would have been like, well, okay, whatever. We don't know what that is. We don't know what that means. But because Neil O'Shea said, look at this great asset we have. Look at how awesome this is. When, when they lost it and didn't use it, Blazer fans were like, oh, there's another one. 
Another reason to hate on Neil O'Shea. So that was the only question not asked in this. Um, I would like to start here. Neil O'Shea, remember he said he was going to sign veteran playoff experience players this offseason. He did not. <laughs> he signed Nick At Stauskas all. and Seth Curry. And, you know, Nick and then Stauskas, he drafted two guards. You know, it's probably a summer league legend somewhere. Hmm, maybe. Yeah. Um, so here is Olshay on not signing any veteran players this offseason. You know, the market dictates that. Um, you know, we identified five wings that all had playoff experience or veteran wings. We thought we could get for the taxpayer mid-level. Mm -hmm. They all got more than the taxpayer mid-level. They all got either significantly more or they're in markets where they'll become early bird players or they'll have no state income tax, which adds to the, to the, the value of the contract. So, you know, what we did, what we realized this year was we were going to go through our list. We attacked each guy. We recruited them as hard as possible when they were able to get compensated at a much higher level than the 5.3 tax mid-level, then we went with talent. Mm -hmm. Instead of continually going down the list and trying to make signings that checked some boxes in July, we went with the guys that we thought had a younger, that had more talent, that had higher ceilings, and were better for the future. Because at the end of the day, that ends up paying off. We've seen it with our own roster, with guys like CJ. Mm -hmm. You know, instead of bringing veterans ahead of him, which all that did was sublimate his development, and we all, everybody in the gym knew how good he was, but because we were trying to appease the marketplace and trying to bring in a guy that we thought had a higher level of trust with the coaching staff, we kept the guy subordinate to him for an extra year where we would have been far better off playing CJ sooner rather than sure. later. Um, there's a couple, there's, there's a lot of things to unpack out of that. The first of which is that every player that he wanted to sign he was going to sign for the mid-level exception, which was, what, $5 million, which he then separated out to the Nick Stauskas and Seth Curry contracts. Um, did he really think that playoff-experienced veterans were going to take a $5 million deal? The fact that he said they all went for much more, much, in some cases, much more. So you really misjudged how much that player would take, or were you trying to lowball him? to get a veteran playoff guy for cheap because you didn't want to spend money because you knew that you already were kind of near the, the cap issues because of what you did in 2016. That blows my mind to me that again, he's the one who sold that as a great idea to help build the team. And then all he was going to do was use the $5 million mid-level exception on that player. That blows my mind. I'm, I'm with you. Like what were you, what were you expecting to get for the mid-level exception? Like, I, I'm, I'm curious as to, as to looking at that free agent list of all those guys who were around, the guys like Amir Johnson, some other guys, who, who was going to accept that? Like, you accept five million dollars to go to the Warriors, okay? <laughs> say if you're Boogie, Boogie Cousins, Cousins yeah, that. I'm going to accept five million. You know, the Blazers could have paid him more, but you're not going to the championship with the Blazers. I'm going to with Golden State, so yeah, I'll take five million from them. Like, uh, that's kind of arrogant to believe that. You're a team that you can lowball people, and they'll be like, "Oh, okay, man, you're yeah, you're good, Milwaukee. No, you're not the Knicks. You're not the the Lakers. You're you're we're still the Portland Trailblazers. And unfortunately, you're a Trailblazers team with a GM who it doesn't seem like he really it doesn't seem like people like either like him very much or because for whatever reason he hasn't made any outside of the two draft picks that we continue to talk about in the the trading for uh, Nurkic." You've had off seasons every year, and we're like, you're, they get worse. 
Like, what what could be worse than the Evan Turner offseason? Like, seriously, giving all that money away to two guys who end up not being worth anything, and then you answer that offseason by getting two guys that nobody else really wanted. I'm 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 floored by what we're trying to do here. So I don't know. I I, I figured that's what he was going to say. You know, these sound like really rehearsed answers. You know, he said them over and over and over. Right, again. like questions he that he came up with and said, "Here, ask me, ask, ask me, me this, these." Yeah. And so, you know, I I understand you want to make sure you can kind of steer the conversation, but I think smart basketball fans know that this isn't working, and smart fans know that you have your your star for another three years before he says, "Okay, you know what, man." Let me get out of here. I know what I said, but no. Nah. He's also, I mean, he's the master of this. And frankly, a lot of GMs are the master of this. But uh, Rop likes to say this, kicking the can down the road. That's 100% what he just did. He said, we don't want to block the progress of all the young players that we've got that can develop. Well, how many times have you heard that? And it's not just from Olshay. It's from a lot of the GMs of the past as well, where Look at all this young talent. Look at our future potential. Well, when you've got you, – that, saying that is almost ignoring the elephant in the room, which is Damian Lillard is not happy. It is incredibly clear that he's unhappy. He is cryptic tweeting. He is sounding extremely disappointed in press conference clips when asked about this. You've got, what, three years left with him on that contract? Two, three years left? You need to win with Damian Lillard, who is a first-team All-NBA player now, who is a getting votes for the MVP player now. You need to take advantage of that. If you kick the can down the road and say, well, if we bring in these playoff veteran guys, we're not going to see the experience of Zach Collins grow. We're not going to see Caleb Swanigan get better. We're not going to see Anthony Simons do anything. Well, frankly, I don't think Damian Lillard cares about that. I think Damian Lillard wants to win right now yeah and if those guys were really up to the you know up to play then they would play it's just kind of one of those things once you get to the nba you see who's able to play in the nba man uh draymond green went from a guy who again that young talent that was on the bench but once he got his opportunity he showed yeah i'm better than this dude and now i'm now i'm the guy on the team like who from the blazers is able to step up like you should want to be sharpened by iron. You know, iron sharpens iron. So if you come in, if you have some veterans come in, are you just going to sit back and say, oh, well, I'm not as good as them, so I'm not? No, you're going to compete and try to get on the floor. If these guys aren't ready to compete and try to get on the floor, more than that, if you aren't willing to push them to a, to a point to where they want to compete to be on the floor with the best players every night, then this isn't who you should have drafted in the first place. I don't. You're right. Dame don't care nothing about the, the career arc. I think when you're Philadelphia and you don't have a superstar on your roster, you have time to wait for that young talent to develop. And who, and then all of a sudden, yeah, you get Joel Embiid who's been resting for four years. And then you get a Ben Simmons who got a set for a year, but you don't have a superstar on that team that wants to win. Now, Damian Lillard has been the guy on the Blazers for the past what, six years now, seven years. It might even be seven. I, I'm, yeah. I can't, he, he's been the guy now for a while. Like why, wouldn't you do everything you can to put as much around him as possible now if you want to win, especially knowing that in this day in NBA, man, guys aren't checking to lose by themselves. They'd much rather go win with a group of guys as opposed to lose in a small market by themselves. Now, I know we haven't really said this in this conversation about, you know, uh, it's time to move on from Olshay, but it, it just has those overtones going on through this uh, this conversation. And the one thing I... I, I will say about that 
that thought process is when you look around the NBA, Neil Olshay is far from the worst GM. He's not getting you where you want to go, but he's far from the worst GM in the league. And when you look around, you got to wonder when you're, when you're talking about getting rid of a guy like Neil Olshay, who has done some very good things since he's been here, you have to wonder what are you going to get that's going to be better, that's going to be able to do more in what are the limitations of the Portland market than what Olshay has done. And and a lot of me says there's not many out there that can do it, and especially ones that you can actually get to come to Portland. So with that being said, you know, I I think that his seat could use a little bit of a heat. Well, because I think I, he's feeling it. I, I th- well, I mean, not enough, because that's where if you got enough heat, you do decide to make a, a, a ballsy move, well, like go and get a guy like Kawhi Leonard, or at least m- make it, be more rational about the idea that maybe I do need to give up on a guy like CJ in order to make this team better. And that just, I I think you got to ratchet up the heat until he's willing to make a, a bold move because that's what it's going to take to get this team to be better than what it is. And that's not even competing for a a championship. That's just making this team a viable three seed consistently going forward. Uh, We got a couple other clips. Do you want to play them quickly now? Or do you want to move NFL preview back slightly? Uh, we can move the preview preview back because a lot of we have a lot of people on the Better You Today text line making a lot of sense, you know, just okay. uh, about some stuff. So we yeah. just we got a break. We went a little longer on that clip than I expected, but there's a couple other clips I want to play, um, and then we'll get to some of your texts on the Better You Today text line as well. So that's next on Sports Sunday. But first, Jesse has Sports Center. Weekends were made for sports. This is Sports Sunday with Mike and Rashad on 1080 The Fan. 9.34 here on your Sunday morning. Mike and Rashad with you till 11 o'clock. We'll begin our NFL preview next segment with the AFC and the NFC East storylines going into this coming season. But wanted to wrap up the Neil O'Shea uh Clips from his interview this week, as well as some of your texts in the Better You Today text line at 55305. This text came in and said the thing that's, that nobody is mentioning is that nobody wants to come to Portland unless they're overpaid to do so. Um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's that's been the case free agent-wise forever. Um, you just, I think in the back of your head, you hope that a couple of players are still willing. Maybe not the top of the top, but... When Neil O'Shea says veteran with playoff experience, that could mean a lot of guys. That could mean anybody. Um, so I didn't know. I don't know who those five players were, but maybe one of them is willing to go to Portland because he wants to play with Damian Lillard, right? But to Jesse's point, the only way that you attract free agents is if you make a ballsy move trade-wise, a risky move, to acquire a guy like Paul George or Kawhi Leonard or Boogie Cousins. Um, well, you tried to do with two of those <laughs> and uh, one of them, you had the best offer, but Kevin Pritchard hates you. Uh, the other one, Boogie Cousins shared the same agent as Yusuf Nurkic. And I guess that's a problem. And the last one was Kawhi, which apparently you reached out for, but weren't willing to offer anything of any real. Yeah, value. And so, and, the, and it's one of those things like, so did you really like, as far as, you know, you reached out to those guys, like you sent them a you up text and that's pretty much, uh, the extent of it, you know, you up and they say, yeah, but you're not willing to come. You're not willing to drive over there for whatever reason. That's that's what essentially you're doing. So you 
You want to get Kawhi. Okay, man, you've got two guys on the, t- on the team that are worth anything as far as trade value, and you say, yeah, I'm not giving up either one of those two, though. So what you call me for? Why are you – thank you, no thank you. I mean, I guess to be able to say that, you know, you know, we tried. We went out there and we tried to do this. But at this point, I'm just kind of over anything O'Shea says. And we got a, a couple texts that are saying, man, we're not talking more about Paul Allen. And I totally agree. But here's the cold part. Paul Allen will care about the Blazers. Like he he is a he owns the Seahawks. Like that's his wife. Like the Blazers are his side chick. That's you know, they're just there for fun during the winter and you know, some something somewhere I can chill, get a front row seat, you know, inside. That's that's what the Blazers are to him. You know, just we've the, had a couple of hosts on the station mention that he's becoming more and more of a uh, a separate owner though. Yeah. A, uh what's the term for it? going to kill me there's a term for the owner who's not really following the team he's just injecting money into the team um sugar daddy <laughs> basically I, there's another word for it i'll think about it but yeah he's basically turned into that here uh here's the next olshay clip on salary cap decisions i think it's interesting around the league i think you're seeing a couple things one teams are very reluctant to give up quality players yeah. um you know i think most of the trades you've seen almost exclusively have been cap and tax related whether it's to alleviate tax pressure open up cap room, it really, there have been very few player-for-player player trades based on just teams doing business with one another. Mm-hmm. And a lot of that is that players under contract at some point have more value than cap room in certain markets. Mm-hmm. And others, teams are more reluctant to give up quality players whose destinations they control in terms of player retention. You know, having bird rights, keeping your own guys developing is becoming more important because you're seeing destination markets capitalizing on guys. And then the smaller and mid-market teams that are non-destination markets really have to stay more invested in the guys they have, Mm -hmm. develop them, make sure they fit the system, make sure they're producing. So I don't know if it's as much a product of the 2016 cap spike. You know, there are guys that, you know, their numbers are inflated relative to what guys are getting last summer and this Mm -hmm. summer. And a year from now, those guys will cycle off and everything will get back to the way normal business is, which three or four teams have cap room, you've got the mid-level, and teams have to do business with each other. Frankly, that's just not true. Oh, okay. I mean, think about it. He's saying that we're not seeing trades from player-to-player trades. Yes, we are. Yes, we are. I mean, prime example A, Kawhi Leonard and DeMar DeRozan got traded for each other. Right? You had, and I'm just looking through trades right now. There's a trade tracker on, on ESPN. I mean, I've, I'm already seeing six or seven trades where players are being traded for players. You know? So what are you talking about, Neil O'Shea? Yes, you are, you are right in some sense that teams are concerned about salary cap space and they want space and they want picks and all that kind of stuff. Of course. But hasn't that always been true? Yes, that's the and, and like that's what I'm that's what I'm saying. Like you're saying stuff to people who haven't had one sports team for the past forty years. You know what I mean? Like, man, <laughs> basketball is what Blazer is what Portland does. Man, Blazer fans here, so we understand how trades and everything work. Especially when you had guys like man Trader Bob Whitsitt who was here and willing to open up his you know his pocketbook to do whatever. So we understand these things. To say players our teams don't want players. Not even CJ? You mean to tell me nobody would have been like, oh, well, yeah, we'll listen for CJ McCollum? Yes, absolutely they well, would have. maybe not. Maybe we have been suckered into thinking CJ's value is higher than it is. And we've talked about this on the show before. CJ is 
an I mean, I guess elite offensive player. Yes, he is. He has all sorts of tricks up his sleeve, but what else is he? Hey, man, listen. There, I, but there's, we, I'm just saying there's a lot of great offensive players in the NBA who do nothing else. No. CJ is slightly better than a lot of them, but he is kind of like that player. You know, there, there's something to be said for a guy that can put up 20 points in the league. There's not a lot of dudes in the NBA that average 20. There's really not. They're 17. You know, I'm talking of the 300-some-odd guys that are in the NBA right now. Like, you mean to tell me 17 of them, you know, are average 20, about somewhere around there every every other year? And CJ just happens to be one of them. And, yes, he's an elite scorer, and there's there's a market for that guy. There's always a market for somebody who can put up points. And CJ's in the position now where Dame pretty much has the ball all the time, which is why CJ is such a black hole because he, he has to kind of create his own offense as opposed to playing off somebody else. Last clip I want to play for you guys. Losing to the Pelicans in the playoffs. I think two years becomes a very easy narrative for people that want to look at the negative. Year, the first year was against Golden State. Oh, yeah. So we don't get to talk about how, how formidable and unbeatable they are and how they swept every team in the Western Conference that year. And we played without Yusuf Nurkic, other than the game he played where we were up 20 in the third quarter when he was on the floor. Arguably the most competitive series of the playoffs. Of the playoffs. And... And then say that we got swept by two years in a row. So everybody got swept by Golden State that year. Okay, so like let's throw that one out. But look, we've talked about it kind of ad nauseum at this point. We did. We ran into a tough matchup, right? You know, necessity being the mother of invention, I think if Boogie's healthy, they're a more conventional team. They go small, not dissimilar to when Golden went small with Draymond. And, you know, Nicola had a huge series. We had an elite defender at point guard with Drew. We had an elite defender as a big with Anthony. They blitzed the pick and rolls. Um, you know, honestly, defensively, we were okay. You know, the first couple of games, it was offensively, we couldn't score. It took a little while to get going. But, you know, three of those four games were one possession games with three minutes left. Now, game three, we stunk up the gym. We just weren't ready. We were still a little shell-shocked. It didn't work. You know, Mo and Evan were both kind of trading off injuries, you know, at that point, which was the wrong series to do it in where you needed positionless guys that could switch pick and rolls. and But like I said, it wasn't that big a disparity between wins and losses. Um, and we did finish third. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and you know, so the naysayers want to complain about getting swept in the playoffs. Yes. yeah, Yes, <laughs> we do want to complain <laughs> about getting swept in the playoffs. And no, I don't want to throw out the Golden State series because – you have also been lauding that as something that is, well, it was the, it was the Warriors. Well, who cares? You got swept two years in a row, bro. <laughs> it's that there's not a lot to say with that. We've heard clips like that already about that series was close. Series was close. Yeah, one game got close at the end, and the others were kind of disappointing um, ways to finish the game. Like, stop trying to make it. Stop trying to polish that turd, and just let's let's call it what it is. It was a massive failure disappointment of a series. That's what it was. Don't try to make it positive. It sucked. It's not being a naysayer. It's the truth. You got swept by a team who shouldn't have swept you. A team that everybody up until game one was like, man, the Blazers are going to win the series. I don't think I've seen, saw any pundits that were like, oh, well, this one should go to New Orleans because of Anthony Davis. No, everybody thought that the Blazers just top to bottom had a better team. And who knew? I don't, I don't think we did, but your team went out there and pretty much laid down, and a lot of which was because you had you, you paid for guys that you shouldn't have paid for. You shouldn't have paid all that money 
Reverend Turner. We're just going to keep saying it. You paid a lot of money for Alan Crabb, was able to get rid of that, but you, you, you spent money on dudes that you didn't need to spend money on, and then it came time for you to go get some extra people, and you can't because you gave it all away on nothing. Evan Turner, Alan Crabb, Myers Leonard, Mo Harper. Boom. Yep. How many of those dudes are, are, are starters on any team outside of Evan Turner's going to start on a lot of teams, but Mo Harkless might start on. Mo Harkless is going to start on. So those two, man, definitely not uh, Alan Crabb. This text comes in. How pathetic is it that the best thing he can point to is we had the most competitive sweep in the playoffs two years ago against the Warriors. Hey, against the Warriors. I mean, thank you, you know, Olshay. I guess I didn't think of it like that. Also, this one says, "Doesn't the better team win one possession games most of the time?" Yeah, they should. They should, and the, and the Blazers didn't. And in, like you said, a couple of those games, it just got throttled. Just just a reminder that the Pelicans did not have DeMarcus Cousins. And um, it might have been that clip, but there might have been a different one, too. He says if they had DeMarcus Cousins, the Blazers would have played better because it would have changed the way the Pelicans played. I don't know. Without DeMarcus Cousins, you should have played better because you didn't have one of the best center in the NBA. I don't get yeah, That's you. a stupid, so, stupid yeah, thought. Don't stop. I just have to stop listening to the things that he says. So I appreciate you for playing that for me. And the last text we'll read on the Better You Today text line 55305. Without a hard cap on NBA team salaries, it won't matter what the Blazers or others do because there are owners that will pay and owners who won't pay the tax. True. Um, Paul Allen's always been willing to pay the tax, but also only if the team is a potential championship contender. So maybe we won't see that happen for a while. Coming up next, let's begin our NFL previews and leave the Blazers in the back seat until the NBA season starts again. Uh, AFC, NFC storylines next on Tending to the Fan. Weekend sports with a difference. This is Sports Sunday with Mike and Rashad on 1080 The Fan. Last segment of the first hour here of Sports Sunday. Thank you for texting on the Better You Today text line, 55305. You can also find this on the Les Schwab Tires podcast. After the show is over, if um, you missed any of it and want to go back and listen, find us on Twitter. I'm at Mike Lynch 27 Rashad's at TaylorMade503. Jesse's at Jesse Osmond, A-S-Z-M-A-N. And the station is at 1080 The Fan. We do this every year. About a month ago until the NFL season starts. Pens are being dropped out of excitement. Yeah, man. I can't wait. And uh, AFC and NFC East previews will begin. Well, the NFL previews will begin right now. I want to start in the AFC East. And I want to start with the storyline that has been creeping through the last two years now. I think we are at the very, very end of seeing the Patriots dominate this woeful division. Because Tom Brady only has so many years left. And the Patriots have been making a lot of moves lately that to me scream weird. I know Bill Belichick has always run a little bit off in terms of he, he signs players people don't expect. He thinks players are better than people expect. But the glue that holds it all together is Tom Brady. The reason the Patriots are so good every single year is Tom Brady. And if Tom Brady gets hurt or if Tom Brady decides to retire slightly earlier than he's been claiming – then I could see the drop of the Patriots really, really quickly. So because he's still there, obviously that's not going to happen yet. 
But I think we're getting very close. And we talked about this last year, too, when we were seeing the the fractures in inside the locker room because of the trainer guy, Guerrero, and kind of the stuff that was happening there. Not all dynasties last forever. All of them get too big for their own britches, and I think we're going to get very close to that with the Patriots here. And I know you're a Patriots fan, so maybe you're going to view this in a different light. But um, I think the, the end of the Brady-Belichick era is clearly upon us um what a lot of people call it you know sometimes they say you know where, where there's smoke there's fire well sometimes when there's smoke there's just smoke and fire actually actually hasn't you know actually started but sometimes it is just smoke and i think that's what it's been you know there's been smoke around the patriots organization forever and like this is nothing new now all of a sudden with you know twitter and everything else you're starting to hear more and more about what's going on man brady and belichick haven't that this has been their relationship. They haven't always been buddy buddy. I think people think that because they're they've won so much. No, Brady is Kraft's boy. Like they're the they have the relationship there. It's has it's never really been Bill Belichick and Tom Brady. And Brady has drank the Kool Aid. He's helped serve the Kool Aid for all these years. And now he's at a point where he's like, man, I've done your dirty work, man. I've done. I've 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 taken pay cuts. I've never been the highest played player in the league in my career, even though. I'm the greatest quarterback to ever play. I've done everything you've asked me to as a player for damn near the past 20 years. Man, this is who I want to be my trainer. And, and you know, Belichick is saying, man, no. Like, all of a sudden, it's – we've seen the Patriots let go of NFL Hall of Famers. Just, man, you're yeah, we're good. You know, you can go ahead and keep it moving. You know, we're going to cut you. We're going to let you go. Randy Moss last night gave his Hall of Fame speech, and most of it was about how he was a Patriot and and stuff like that. So – it, this this franchise Which is interesting because he spent what one, uh, two, one years. two years there? Two, two years there here's why i say the patriots can still be competitive number one they're going to have uh we're talking after brady after after brady and i mean i think this year they're still going they're going to be the best team in the afc let's just go ahead and say that i think the patriots i think the the texans those are the best two teams in the afc right now and then maybe pittsburgh and everyone else okay. that's that's how i feel about that but i saw them go 11 and 5 with matt castle matt castle you know, a guy who couldn't get a job after that or couldn't stay on the field after that. Uh, I saw them go three and one with two backups, you know, one of which being Jimmy Garoppolo and then the other guy being um, Jacoby Brissett. Thank you. Jacoby Brissett, who ended up playing. OK, pretty well. He ended up playing pretty well. You know, OK. Well, now and, the Colts are like in love with him and want to keep him. So so That's there's weird. there's two guys that, you know, that just came in or three guys, excuse me, that came in in the absence of Brady and were able to kind of keep the ship rolling. That's what I think is going to happen. I think they're going to find another guy who knew who Jimmy Garoppolo was, who knew who Jacoby Brissett was, who was checking for um, Matt Castle. No one. So I think as long as you have um, some of the people that you have in place, man, I think the Patriots will be fine, especially this season. They'll, they're they're going to go to the AFC Championship. Will they win? Who knows? But I think they're definitely going to the AFC Championship. I think the difference, though, and I agree. I mean, this year I agree with you. Look, they still have Tom Brady. And – He's the the straw that stirs the drink. But you have to remember that it's quarterback league and you can have a really solid team and a really solid coach. But if you do not have a quarterback, then you will not win games at a consistent clip. And in the AFC East right now, there are two rookie quarterbacks who are very highly regarded, one of which I believe in, the other I do not at all. So if Tom Brady leaves, and even if I'm wrong and, and both of them turn out to be good good QBs, 
I could see both the Jets and the Bills past the Patriots because they're going to have years of Sam Darnold and Josh Allen under their belt. Uh, quarterbacks that will be, if if they are both consistent, better most likely than whatever the Patriots bring in when Tom Brady leaves. I'm not sure what the Patriots are going to do in that future moment, though. That's my big question is do they go out and get another top guy in a trade or do they try to draft and develop like they always have? The Patriots have been kings of that, like you're mentioning. They draft and they develop. They find the diamond in the rough and they and they bring them in and they turn out to be good quarterbacks. I mean, Tom Brady was the is literally the the diamond in the rough in the NFL. Six-round draft pick. But will they be patient enough to do that? Or will Bill Belichick retire and then they have to have a new head coach and then all of a sudden everything changes? That's my big question. Well, uh, we, we're pretty sure McDaniel, Josh McDaniel, is going to take over as the as the guy once Belichick leaves and everything. And I think that's the way Kraft kind of wanted it to make sure you keep um, uh, some type of semblance of that that old team, that old Patriot way kind of in, in place. And they've been better with Josh McDaniels. I mean, with him as offensive coordinator, man, they, they haven't missed, you know, yet. And that's with a multitude of running backs and, and injured receivers and no Gronkowski. And yet and still, that dude has figured out – a way to put offense together. So for that reason alone, I think McDaniels is probably going to be one of the one of the better head coaches coming up. I know he had his dry run in as a Bronco. Uh, didn't he have Tebow? Yeah, he drafted didn't to, Tebow. Didn't he, didn't, he didn't have Tebow. He drafted Tebow. Didn't they go to the playoffs? Oh no, under Jeff Fisher they did. Okay, okay. Well, under okay. I'm not Jeff Fisher. I'm sorry. Um, it's like Jeff Fisher was yeah, the, no, the, uh, the Broncos uh, coach. Yeah, no. Um, Gosh, darn it, John, uh, Fox. John Fox. Sorry, thank you. Sorry. Yeah, John I was, Fox. I was reading text. I was yeah. not listening. Apologies. I would have. I would have gotten that for you. <laughs> uh, no, what worries me about the the Patriots is at, no no doubt about it. Tom Brady's one of the best ever. Um, but like we all know that so is Bill Belichick when it comes down to the to the scheme of coaching. And I, it's been countless players that have come in there. Um, have had good careers but never really done anything with it, come there, win a championship or gone to an AFC championship game or went to the Super Bowl or and then moved on after a year or two and you never heard from them again and they were con- you know key contributors to that that Patriots team. He does it with uh, former All-Stars that are in the end of their career or he does it with um, just kind of ancillary pieces that other people kind of forget about and he just he turns them into gems every year, year in, year out. Um, and that is one thing I don't know if you're going to get out of a guy like Josh McDaniels. And Josh McDaniels, it wasn't because he's not a brilliant offensive mind. Um, from what I understand, in Denver, he rubs players the wrong way. He very much kind of has that Bill Belichick, it's my way or the highway, you're going to do everything my way type of thing. But he doesn't have the cachet, he doesn't have the credit that a Bill Belichick has. And you're not going to have a guy like Tom Brady. And it, let, let's face it, like Bill Belichick's done a great job of going in, drafting guys like Jimmy Garoppolo, Jacoby Brissett, uh, Castle, using these pieces and moving on from them. But you you know, if he moves on before he drafts another quarterback for um, for the Patriots, I that's when you see that that step back from the Patriots, and they're going to come back to to reality. Well, this text came in on the Better You Today text line. You're proving the point right now that Brady's not the best ever. They win with guys, other guys that fall off the face of the earth as soon as they leave New England. Therefore, it's a system. It's not Brady. I don't think that's true at all. 
I think what we're proving is that Bill Belichick in the in the front office staff of the Patriots are masters of scouting and finding talent where other people don't find it. I don't think it's a system. I think Brady is the best ever. I think he's the GOAT. I think that if you put him on any team, he makes that team four or five wins better immediately, um, unless they're like already a top team. But you, you know what I mean. It's not about the system. It's about the players that, he, that they bring in around him. They bring in really good players that nobody expects, and he also makes them better. Brady does. Brady, Brady to me, that, that could not be more off from what we're arguing. Yeah, don't don't. Brady's let's, the let's, goat, and, and and let's be real, he Matt makes Ca- everyone around him better. Matt Castle was able to go in there and and win games. Man, nobody will ever consider him anything like Tom Brady. There's certain guys that can only make certain throws, and Brady is one of those dudes that could make every single throw. That when when the Patriots were down in the Super Bowl, I don't think anybody really panicked when they were down twenty eight to three. I think they knew that. No, for real. I, I, was, I think a lot of people were panicking in that Super Bowl. <laughs> man, if you if you if you've seen Tom Brady play and 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 lead the charge and lead the comeback, then you knew that there was an opportunity for them. To, when they were down against uh, the Eagles, you knew, man, damn it, you know they're not out of this game because they have Tom Brady. There's not a lot of guys you can say that about. You know, I think in my meant Romo was the only other dude that's like, man, damn it, they're not out of this game because Romo is their quarterback right now, man. <laughs> Brady, Romo, at least for me at the end of the game, man, Brady, Romo, uh, what's my guy's name? Uh, Aaron Rodgers. Outside of that, I don't think there's anybody better to lead a comeback. All right, we got a break. Coming up next, we continue our previews. Uh, We'll switch from the Patriots to a couple of the other teams in the AFC as well as slide over to the NFC East. This is Sports Sunday on The Fan. (sighs) Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. 